All right. I've been slacking off lately. Had a lot going on. Just, you know, YouTube channel, the cat's passing, stuff like that. But today, I'm getting back in. So here's what's going on. Season 12. This is the start of season 12. Seasons, once again, seasons are based upon a bid. My bids are six months long. Bids are what I do for six months at a time at work. The schedule. New schedule. Uh, Chicago. Well, Wisconsin, Chicago. Florida. Pennsylvania. Ohio. Texas. Back Chicago. That's the new bid. I think it's like 46, 4,700 miles, something like that. Two drivers, sleeper team. That's what it is. It's not a big deal. It's not a lot of miles, but then, you know, quite honestly, I'm getting older and I don't need the miles. So that's what's going on there. Now, what else is going on? Well, I lost a friend today, work friend. Last place I worked at was YRC Yellow. Didn't really care for it. Had some good times there, a lot of good people there. Don't get me wrong, it just wasn't working out for me at the end. So here's the deal. Don Samuelson, this guy was amazing. I never got to draw with Don, but I always liked his attitude, and he always had made me laugh. He's one of those kind of guys. Always had a good attitude. They called him the son of Samuelson because his dad. It was, the, you know, that's what Don was. But here's how I met Don. We were going up on I-70 over Georgetown. It was when we both first started working for Roadway back in the day. And we were stuck. There was an avalanche in front of us. We were there for like six to nine hours. We both had a set of doubles, so we couldn't turn around. And there was no breaking down the set. So what they did was we just sat there. Well, what happened was the other side was still open and trucks were still going down. This is just just east of uh, Vail, you know, just east of the Eisenhower Tunnel. You can see the Eisenhower Tunnel video on the YouTube channel. I can't believe I just sold that. Anyway, what happened was me and Don stopped since we were there for so long. I think it was like six or nine hours or something waiting for them to clean up the mess. It was a huge landslide. We didn't see the landslide. We were long before that, so I don't know how big it was. They just told us that. Anyway, people were... Um, getting crazy messages on my Facebook. So anyway, what happened was me and Don were sitting there talking in front of my truck because my truck was in front of his. This car that was in front of us hit the center medium and then tried to do a U-turn and then pulled right in front of a truck coming down eastbound. We were going westbound. The truck that was coming down the hill had to do this crazy maneuver not to hit the car the guy in the car took off like nothing happened. The guy in a truck, he got it up on, he got all the wheels off the ground on one side. Okay, I mean, this thing, that's how hard he swerved. He got all the wheels off the ground on one side. I don't remember which truck it was. You know, I knew he had a 53 trailer. That's all I remember. This is like, we're talking like 25 years ago. So anyway, yeah, it's, been, it's hard to believe it's been that long. Anyway, the truck swerved out of control. Me and Don were standing in front of my truck, just BSing. And then that the truck that spun out of control was facing directly towards me and Don. The driver had no way to get this thing under control because of what this car did to him. And he was headed right for me and Don. And just before he hit the center medium, he got it back under control somehow. 
and he swerved away from us, and he didn't hit us. Now, he wasn't really that close at that point, but there was no way this guy would have been able to get, you know, this. he was coming across, we thought, and we both looked at, me and Todd both looked at each other, and we had just met that day, and we both looked at each other, and the and I think the thing this the thought that went through both our minds was, damn it, I think this is my last moment on this earth, and this dude's face is the last thing that I'm going to get to look at, and this sucks. <laughs> I think that's what he was thinking, because that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, my goodness, if I'm going to go, this is the this is not the way. This is terrible. Because we couldn't go, there was a hill behind us. We couldn't, it was just nowhere for us to go. We were stuck right where we were. And we both just looked at each other like, oh, well, this is it. We're done. And then the guy swerved, you know, before he could hit us. And he, you know, good, good, good to that driver. I don't know if you'll ever, you probably never hear this, but he did a great job getting that thing under control. Whether it was luck or skill, I have no idea. So anyway, today. October 23rd, 2022, Don Samuelson passed away. I believe he had cancer. And we were real close. We were work friends, but you know, Don had some skills, and I respected his driving, and he was he was a good team driver. He always drove team. And Don was one of those kind of guys that could drive team and get along with people in a closed environment. He had no problems. Don was a good man, and I'm going to miss him. I wish he would have came over here. Uh, I would have loved to have run team with him, but I never. It just never worked out. Don was a good driver, and I don't know. The likes of Don Samuelson don't come around often. A lot of team drivers, you know, the experienced guys, they try to. Sometimes they might try to bully the younger guys. Sometimes they might try to, you know, get this weird power. Not not Samuelson. Samuelson was the kind of guy that if he had it, if he took a junior driver on as a co-driver, he always mentored him along, and you know you'd never know that that Don had the seniority. By the way, he was, you know, he talked to his drivers or treated them. The guys that ran with him, they were a team. That's what I always liked about Don. Him and his co-driver were always a team, no matter how much experience the kid had. And Don was a great mentor. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are better drivers because of Don Samuelson. And I also know that those better drivers, they're driving up and down the road with, you know, my loved ones, your loved ones, and driving on the same highways. And I'm kind of comforted by the fact that Don was able to pass on some of his stuff before he left. Uh, he was a good guy. I'm going to miss him. So rest in peace, Don Samuelson. I know you're in some break room up there somewhere bitching about something. And, uh, you know, when I finally get up there myself, I'll be looking forward to you getting there, buddy. But I'll probably walk in that break room and he'll say, hey, I got seniority here. I get to talk first. So, all right, let's get moving on with the news. All right, here we go. All right, where's the button? I took so much time off, I couldn't find a button. All right, here we go. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation 
checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right. This is really cool. Over in Fond du Lac. This is last month. I'm a little behind in my news, so bear with me. All right. Over in Fond du Lac, Mercury Marine, which is right off the 41 there. 41? Yeah, it's 41. I used to look at it all the time. So anyway, a truck convoy traveled from Mercury Marine and Fond du Lac to the EAA Air Adventure Grounds in Oshkosh. The EAA, if you don't know, is for like, I think it's like four days. It's the busiest airport in the world. The one day is dedicated to like, uh, you know, like ultralight aircraft. The next day is devoted, you know, to, to military planes, things like that. It is, if you're into the air, airplanes and stuff, it's quite amazing. If you're going up to 41 and you get over by the uh, 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 little, I think it's like, like Butamore, a little Anyway, I can't remember the lakes, but you get up by the lakes, you'll see about tons of like those aircraft that land on the water and stuff. Because that's, it's like if you're in airplanes, that's the place to go. So, anyway, over there, they did this thing for Special Olympics. So, Special Olympics Wisconsin athlete Travis Stuckert said he benefited from the organization for all years and he's grateful to what the truckers did. Well, the truckers. You know, I don't have the total, but the truckers for last year uh, had about 100 trucks participate in the event, and they raised about $100,000 for Special Olympics Wisconsin, which I think is amazing. Now, what they did was they had a torch lighting, which kicked off the event at 8.30, followed by an auction. I don't know what they had at the auction, but I'm sure it was some stuff, in which the prize of the lead spot in the convoy sold for over 3000 doesn't say who got the lead spot. So what they, you know, and they do this at the, um, uh, the Wapan Truck Parade too. You know, they have this special, I, don't, I can't remember what their charity is for that one. It's a great show, that show. But anyway, you know, they auctioned off the, the lead trucking spot for three grand. I think that's great. Drivers get involved, good for the industry, good for everybody. That's good news. All right, hopefully next year I'll be able to go to that one. I'm going to go to the EAA too. That would be fascinating. All right, let's get moving on. Well, of course, there's always going to be bad news. It seems like trucking companies always have issues. Like I said, I'm a little behind on my news. This is from September 30th. Anyway, Pennsylvania trucking companies file for bankruptcy, which is never good. Two Pennsylvania-based trucking companies, which contract with the U.S. Postal Service, to all mail have filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. McLennan Trucking Incorporated filed its petition in Western District of Pennsylvania. And we're seeing the oh, and Durant transfer both filed. So hopefully, I can't remember which one that is, which which bankruptcy that is. But anyway, hopefully they'll get their stuff together and they'll be all right. I don't know. I'll have to see what happens. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I just hate to see people lose their jobs. I just it sucks. All right, let's keep moving on. Well, it looks like Warner acquires 200 truck Indiana-based Baylor Trucking. 
Yeah, the big behemoths just keep getting bigger and bigger. Warner Enterprise announced today that it was purchased Baylor Trucking Incorporated, founded in 1946 and based in Milan, Indiana. Baylor operates 200 trucks and 980 trailers in the East Central and South Central USA. Baylor, with its high-skilled professional drivers and non-driver associates, further strengthens our portfolio. So, doesn't say much. Hopefully that'll work out for you guys. You know what? Better to get acquired than closed. Well, I don't know. I worked for Roadway and Yellow Bodice, and I don't know. It might have been better if they just closed. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel better about that one. All right, let's get moving on. All right. Looks like the Wisconsin Department of Transportation has begun construction on a multi-million dollar project to add a virtual way station on US-12 and to rehab two I-94 way station facilities. And it's only going to cost $26 million. Let's see what you got here. The project involves the Hudson Safety and Weight Enforcement Facility located 5.5 miles east of Hudson off eastbound I-94 and the Menominee. I can never, I live in Wisconsin and I can't say it. Menominee Safety and <laughs> people of Wisconsin are pissed at me because of the way I just said that. Menominee Safety and Weight Enforcement Facility located five miles east of Menominee off westbound I-94. Wisconsin uh, DOT says that both facilities have reached the end of their service lives and require major improvements. On September 12, 2022, work began on the Hudson Safety and Weight Enforcement Facility. Wisconsin will spend $21.98 million on upgrades to the facility and the surrounding areas. These updates include reconstructing the building to new standards, reconstructing the parking lots, ramp loop roadways, constructing a new automated truck traffic monitoring system along eastbound I-94, Constructing a new virtual way station along US 12. I don't even. What is a new. What is a virtual way station? How do you enforce that? What does that even mean? Are they mail you a ticket if you bypass it? I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Constructing an approximate 300 foot communications tower near the building, probably for the virtual station. Maybe they control it from offsite or something. Construction of the Hudson facility is expected to last until 2023. And then the same, oh, construction of the Menominee Safety and Weight Enforcement Facility is scheduled until 2024. Uh, Wisconsin DOT plans to spend four to six million on upgrades, basically the same upgrades. Uh, that's about it. I don't know. So you got some new scales coming in. Keep that in mind. Will it be an issue? Probably not. Most of you are clean. Don't have to worry about nothing. So just keep your, just keep, Stay clean. You'll be fine. All right, let's get moving on. Well, here's one. We don't get one this old. And this is sad. Ernest Thorpe Transport. Ernest Thorpe Transport. Sadness as famous Yorkshire trucking company closes after 101 years. This is a Yorkshire business. That is just unbelievable. Ernest Thorpe has been, they started off with one vehicle. Started in 1921. Wow, that's insane. See if we can find an article that isn't behind a paywall. Okay, Ernest Thorpe was founded in 1921 by Ernest Thorpe, who had one vehicle. Since those humble beginnings, the company has grown, moving to a large site in Thurgoland near Sheffield. The company is still run by the family. Well, it was until they closed this week or this year. So, 101 years in trucking. 
Wow, it really sucks. I hate to see him close the doors. You know, that kind of history is just, just doesn't exist anywhere. All right, let's get moving on. All right, this one's not good either. It's, this is, can there not be any good news, you know? Heavy fog blame for massive I-5 pileup involving 15 to 20 commercial vehicles. Yeah, I believe it. It can get pretty foggy up there. Oregon State Police are saying heavy fog contributed to a massive pileup this morning on Interstate 5 near Brownsville, about 28 miles north of Eugene. Eugene's a very exciting place. Anyway, officials say more than 60 vehicles, including between 15 and 20 commercial motor vehicles, were involved in multiple collisions that occurred at about 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. One person has been confirmed dead in the pileup that occurred on South Panel 5 near the Oregon 228 Halsey Brownsville exit. The crash spanned over a stretch of the interstate uh, between mile posts 228 and 211. Ooh, that's a pretty big stretch. According to the Oregon State Police, traffic was detoured to the OR228 exit to Goran, Oregon 99 East, as if anybody even knows where that is. Wow. Uh, hazmat crews responded to clean up fluids leaking from six of the commercial motor vehicles involved in the crash. State police say several tractor trailers jackknifed or, you know, just ran off the road. Uh, let's see. Many, here's some of the comments. Many drivers are told to just push them through the fog bank. Not a good idea to come to a complete stop, but as reason will proceed to lower speed and never lose sight of the vehicle. Okay, basically they're just talking about fog. Here's what it comes down to. You get into a heavy fog, seriously heavy fog. You don't really want to pull over and you don't want to stop because somebody's going to run into the back of you. It's just the way it is. So you want to slow, this is where it gets tricky. You want to slow down enough to where you can react if something happens in front of you, but you want to stay going fast enough to where nobody's going to rear-end you. So there is no set speed limit for that. Generally, when I get into the fog, you know, I don't know, 45, 40, 35, 40, 45. Depends on how bad it is. You just got to go with what you feel for. I tend to put my four ways on when I get into it like that because the flashing four ways will, you know, the fact that it isn't, you know, it's not constant. The the on-off, on-off will attract attention. It'll, it'll let people know you're there. Trucks that have... Uh, avoidance of collision systems in the front. They, you know, they may pick up a vehicle in front of you before you see it in the fog. So, you know, of course, if it gets really super foggy, it's icy out, and those things get covered up. Well, guess what? You're not going to see anything. It's not going to work. So, just be careful in the fog. Okay, just be careful. Don't, you know, don't go speeding through the fog like some maniac. It's just, and watch out for people on the shoulder. People will pull on a shoulder. It'd be quite dangerous. So, that being said, let's move on. Well, this is interesting. BNSF Railroad. Yard, what they would do is your driver, they would require biometric information. You know, probably like a fingerprint or something. It's been a long time since I've been in there, so I'm not sure if I even signed up for this. But anyway, a jury for the Northern District of Illinois U.S. District Court awarded thousands of truckers $228 million in a case against the rail yard, Railroad. The lawsuit accuses the railroad company of violating truckers' rights within the state's Biometric Information Privacy Act, also known as BIPA, BIPA, B-I-P-A. According to the Second Amendment complaint, truckers were required to visit various rail yards, including the Illinois facilities owned and operated by BNSF. As BNSF facilities, truckers were required to register their biometric identifiers. 
probably a thumbprint or something. So basically what it comes down to, uh, they collected all this information. The, the claims are 44,000 truckers uh, may be eligible for compensation, and the awarded plaintiffs $228 million, which will probably come out to a few dollars. But you know how that goes. The lawyers get everything, so yeah, what's the point? All right, let's get moving on. Well, looks like that's all we got today. Not too much going on. Season 12. Season 12 coming up. Trying to stay in the winter. Hey, winter's coming up. We're going to talk about winter in the next episode a little more as we go along. But keep in mind, get your chains ready. Pull them off. Stretch them out. Make sure they're clean. Make sure you got no kinks. Make sure you got no broken links. Pull out your chains. Get your gear ready. Winter's coming. All right. We'll talk about that more in the future. All right. That's all I got. This is the Kingfish. And I don't know. We're going back to a once, once a week schedule unless we do an interview. Should start doing more of those because, well, there's a lot of smart people out there driving trucks. And we should we can learn a lot from them. So I can learn a lot myself. So it's 28 years, 3.5 million miles. No accidents unless you count those 18 deer, one elk, three dogs, turtle, porcupine, bunch of owls, turkeys. Yeah, three or four of those too. Other than that, no accidents. All right, I'll talk to you later. Peace out.